Hey there, welcome to Pickled Parables. This podcast is presented by Parable Ministries as a Bible teaching resource. Thank you for joining us. Pickled Parables is a podcast about taking in and living out the Bible. Here we will study, contemplate, and testify to the Bible's incredible teachings and how it leads us to live better lives. To stay up to date with all things Parable, follow us on Instagram at Parable underscore Ministries and visit our website at ParableMinistries.com. We hope today's message finds you well. Hey guys, how's it going? It is so good to be with you guys here again. Today we are going to be talking about holiness, and more specifically what it means to be holy, and why choose holiness. Like, what's really the big deal? Is it really that important in my walk with Christ? And the answer is is yes. It is actually vital to your relationship with God. In fact, you can't call yourself a follower of Jesus without it. Now, I've asked Jesse to title this message, Holiness is Not an Option. And much of what you are going to hear today is inspired and even comes out of the book called The Pursuit of Holiness by Jerry Bridges. Now, I would highly recommend grabbing a copy if you ever want to learn more about holiness and and what it's really about. Now, it First, that title, Holiness is Not an Option, might seem a bit backwards, but hopefully by the end of this, you will see why that title is really the only option. But before we dive into this, I think it's important to define what holiness is. What does that even look like? Now, the Hebrew word for holiness is kodes, a word that highlights the realm of the sacred in contrast to everything in common and profane. The adjective Adjective, quatos, holy, refers to God and what belongs to him. In various places in the Hebrew scriptures, God is called by the title, the Holy One of Israel. Or to put it in simpler terms, it means to be set apart. To be called to live a different life. The Bible project describes God's holiness in reference to the Son. Imagine that God's holiness is the sun, and the closer you get to the sun, the more intense it becomes, until eventually you burn up and and die because it's just so intense. But everything the light touches is our kingdom, Simba. Sorry. I mean, everything the light touches becomes enveloped in warmth, in that light, it too becoming holy. And that is the holiness of God. His unique power and abilities and raw purity. He is set apart from everything else. His majesty and glory are far above anything we could ever fathom. And whatever his glory and holiness touches, that too becomes holy. Look at what 1 Samuel 2 verse 2 says. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. Isaiah 57 says this, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly, and to revive the heart of the contrite. (laughs) 
I mean, did you guys get that? The one who inhabits all of eternity, whose name is actually holy, who dwells in the high and holy place, and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit. Guys, this God, who is and always will be, who dwells so high and so far above us, who sits on a glorious throne worthy of everything, that God chooses to be with you, to have fellowship with you, you of a contrite and lowly spirit. He is here for you, for your good. You see, guys, God's holiness is who he is. It's his character. It's his nature. He cannot not be holy. It's a part of him or his identity. And because of that, God demands holiness. He can't have fellowship or be with anyone or anything that is not holy because that would be outside of his character, outside of who he is. In this book, The Pursuit of Holiness, Jerry describes it in such a way that that God hates sin, that he actually hates it. That sin is so opposite of his character trait. That sin is so devastating to holiness that God hates it. Those that are stained with sin cannot be with God because God cannot be with sin. But here's the good news. We are sanctified through Christ. And being sanctified is to be made holy. Through Christ, through what Jesus did for us on that cross, we are now justified in being sanctified to his holiness. What this means is that God no longer looks at your sin, but sees the righteousness of Jesus, and through him you now have access to God. But there's, there's kind of two parts to holiness, to, to being sanctified. There's your positional holiness, which we just talked about, And there's practical holiness, or putting holiness into practice. It's the the day-to-day growth in Jesus. This positional holiness is, is who you are in Christ because of what he's done for you. That he took your place on that cross, and now God deems you worthy through the sacrifice of Jesus. That is your position. That is your identity now. Jerry Bridges puts it like this. Through Christ, we are made holy in our standing before God and called to be holy in our daily lives. He is telling us to take seriously the necessity of personal, practical holiness. Now let me ask you this question. Is there evidence of practical holiness in your life? Or to put it this way, do you desire and strive after holiness? And do you grieve over your lack of holiness? And I know that kind of sounds weird to think about, right? Do I grieve over my lack of holiness as if it's something I can achieve on my own even? And you're right. It's, It's not something you can do on your own. But living out practical holiness in your day to day life is what you have been called to do by God. In Leviticus 11, it says this. For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy. For I am holy. It doesn't say try to be holy. Live out your best life. Do what you can do. No. 
because God is holy, we are also to be holy. Holiness is not an option. As a follower of Jesus, you don't have the choice to not be holy. You see, guys, true salvation brings with it a desire to be made holy. There must be a yearning in our hearts to live a holy life pleasing to God. Otherwise, we have to question our salvation. For the Holy Spirit comes to make us holy in practice. So now that we have established that holiness is not an option, why holiness? Why should we strive to be more holy in our walk as Christians? Like, like what's the big deal, right? And the first thing is that it frees us from sin. When we are saved, God not, God not only redeems us from the punishment of sin, but also the power and dominion that sin has over us. To continue to live in sin as a Christian is to go contrary to God's very purpose for our salvation. Someone from a really long time ago says this in Jerry Bridges' book, What a strange kind of salvation do they desire that care not for holiness. They would be saved by Christ and yet be out of Christ in a fleshly state. They would have their sins forgiven, not that they may walk with God in love in time to come, but that they may practice their enmity against him without any fear of punishment. So many Christians in our day, in our age, are being taught that holiness is an option, that God accepts everyone, that God is okay with certain sin. It seems that many Christians of our culture are accepting the fact that they can live in fellowship with God while still partaking in sin. And that is simply not what the Bible teaches. I mean, look at what Titus 2.11 says. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. It teaches us to say no to worldly passions, to ungodliness. Not yes, not well maybe for just a little while, but no. We are called to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, in our lives today. See, we don't just get to receive half of God's grace, but we receive all of it, all the freedom and all the desire to be holy, thus the entire command to live a holy life. We don't just receive the grace of God and then dip our fingers in the lust of the world here and there. We can't be half in with Jesus. How would you like it, okay, if your parents only loved you a part of the time? If they only loved you when you behaved or when things were good? That would, that would kind of suck, right? And see, guys, our Heavenly Father, He chooses to work His sovereign plan into the free will of man. What that means is that He doesn't force you to love Him, nor does He force a choice upon you. It wouldn't really make it a choice then, right? But if you truly want to experience the grace of God to the fullest, you must decide right now if you are all in for Jesus. Think about your own life. What sins are you holding on to? What things, what behaviors, or what practices 
is the Lord calling you to give up in order to pursue holiness? For to regard wickedness is to cherish some sin. It's to love it to the extent that you are not willing to part with it. You see, God's nature demands holiness in the life of a Christian. How can we have fellowship with God if we continue to walk in darkness? Holiness then is required for fellowship with God. Listen, guys, God does not require a perfect, sinless life to have fellowship with him, okay? That's not what he demands. That's not what he requires. But he does require that we be serious about holiness, that we grieve over sin in our lives instead of trying to justify it, trying to compare it, and that we earnestly pursue holiness as a way of life. That's what he wants from us. And I get it, guys, right? Sometimes this road to holiness, this path to pursue it, it seems maybe unattainable. It seems exhausting. And you begin to ask, is, is it really worth it? But what you need to realize is that holiness is required for our well-being, for your well-being, to be the best that you could ever be. You ever heard of why does a loving God send people to hell? Or why does God punish people? Well, first of all, God doesn't send people to hell, nor does he punish you in the way that you're thinking about it. He created a way to save you from that. But suppose it was for your good, and in reality, it just seems like punishment. For all discipline feels like punishment until you realize the benefit of it. Hebrews 12.6 says this, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and chastises every son whom he receives. Now this presupposes our need of discipline, for God is consistent in administering it. He disciplines us because we need discipline. Think about your childhood, okay, and how you grew up. The reason you know not to talk back to your parents in disrespect is because at some point you did, and were disciplined for it. And now you don't do it anymore, right? The reason you know not to touch hot things, not to touch the stove, is because you tried. Maybe your mom swatted your hand, or even you got burned. And then you were reprimanded for it. It's not fun, but it's necessary for our protection and our greatest well-being. It is necessary to be the best that we can be in Christ. God is serious about holiness in the lives of his people. He's serious about holiness in the lives of his people. And he will discipline us to attain it. If you call yourself a child of God and choose his way of life, then you have been called to a life of holiness. And that often requires the discipline of God. It requires you to say no to the things of the flesh, to the things that sometimes allow for instant gratification. And like I said before, God doesn't force this upon anyone. If you deeply desire to follow the world and what culture says and what your friends tell you to do, then by all means, he will not hold that from you. But you will face the consequences of what this world has to offer one way or another. And you will see, either now or in the end, how futile your life has been on this earth. And what it takes, guys, is, is really a heart of faith. 
and, and a mind to trust God even when you don't see the picture, even when you can't see the end goal. God, God, I want to wait for my future wife, even though I desire to have this now, because I know your way is better and so, so good for me. God, I trust that you will provide for me, and I won't seek instant reward someplace else. God, living poor with you is better than living rich without you, because no amount of money will fill that void. Romans 6.22 says, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. I want to close our time with that verse. Guys, you have been set free from this world, no longer shackled by its weight. But we often live as though the door to the jail cell is locked, when in reality it's wide open and our shackles have been cut. Becoming a slave or a bondservant to God may sound bad at first, but when you understand that a bondservant of Christ means fullness of joy, fullness of grace, and that God desires your worship, it becomes freedom. Being a bondservant means out of your willingness, out of the love you have for God, you choose to let him be Lord and master over your life because you want what he has to offer. Because the benefit you reap is holiness. Eternal life requires a pursuit and a desire of holiness because that means you are in the kingdom of God already. You would not pursue and desire a life of true holiness without the Holy Spirit, which is evidence of your salvation. I hope that by now you can see that holiness is in fact not an option. God's very nature demands our holiness, both in the identity of it and the practice of it here on earth. Let the world know that you belong to Jesus, that you are his and his alone. Rid yourself of distractions and start trusting in the God of the universe. Thank you for listening to Pickled Parables. If you enjoyed this message, please rate us, subscribe, and share with your friends. If you're interested in more things like this, check out our secondary podcast called My Dusty Bible. To stay up to date with all things parable, follow us on Instagram at parable underscore ministries and visit our website at parableministries.com. We are a volunteer organization and we would deeply appreciate your prayers. Thank you for joining us today. We'll catch you later.